Jason Kennedy, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, man? Very good. So we've been um, we've known each other for a while now. I think almost two years. Started off, you were actually one of my coaches from another program I jumped into, and it wasn't until yes. a couple months in I realized just how impressive you were and how much you owned, how much experience you had. I thought you were just the coach who sat there and asked a couple questions. Uh, it turns out you own quite a bit. Uh, so what, how much real estate do you still currently own? And then what have you done in the past? If I had to guess right now, I would say right now I'm close to about a thousand doors is what I own. Um, right now I'm primarily doing a lot of fix and flips and wholesaling. Um, cause my portfolio is just pretty much running on its own. So yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I'm picking up a 10 unit in Youngstown, Ohio right now, and I've got other things in the works. So nice. you know what, whatever comes down the path, if the numbers work, giddy up, let's do it. So that is very <laughs> California of you. Yeah. I don't know how many I got. There's like about a thousand. So when we met, you had, I think 400 in Detroit. Are you still holding that number in Detroit? Have you gone up or down? No, I'm I, well, I, I, right now I'm still at around 400 in Detroit, although I am looking. Um, Detroit is booming. Detroit is absolutely booming. And most people don't know that part of it's part of this right here. You got to know how to you got to know how to research the markets. I mean, it's part of education and knowledge. You got to know what you're doing. Most people, when they hear Detroit, they run. Yeah. You know, and, and not in, they run out. <laughs> right. And, and that a lot of bigger pockets, you know, says get out of Detroit, stay away. So there's a big stigma out there in the investment community for Detroit. You actually lived there. So it gave you an unfair advantage. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I lived there for about four years. Um, it really, it comes down to the team, whether you live there or not. I mean, I do a lot of stuff in the Midwest in general. In fact, you know, based here in San Diego, you know, I live here in San Diego and people are like, you know, how many deals do you do here? Hardly any. Yeah. I mean, most, I'd say about 99% of my deals are in the Midwest. Well, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? You know, cause it freaks people out, you know, cause there, a lot of people are still of that old school mindset. I have to see the house. I have to taste it. I have to touch it. I have to smell it, which most of these houses you don't want to smell at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like old school, I have to see it. And I'm like, why? For what? Are you going to live there? No. Then who cares? Right. It's about the team. It's about the team. You know, that's, that's the key right there. And so when you're talking about owning these, you own these in syndications, right? So you're an investor in a syndication. Is that, because that's, I know that's what everybody's thinking right now. Some, yes. Uh, yeah. The smaller stuff, no. I just own them in an LLC. Um, I own them with my own entity. I mean, that's me. You know, I can't give legal advice, but that's just what I do. Um, but I mean, the bigger stuff, yeah, I, I do syndications. I do PPMs, things like that. In fact, I'm doing a PPM right now with a business partner out of Boston, of nice. all places, uh, Danvers, actually. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but you know, the bigger stuff, yeah, we're, we're doing like, you know, either syndications or PPMs. Now, are you the general partner on those or are you uh, a passive investor on those syndications? No, no, I'm general partner. General okay. partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either way, you're, you're actually controlling these doors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Nice. 
My, well, my partner and I are, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to have partnerships, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's only so much. I don't care who you are. I don't care how, you know, how, how awesome you are. There's only so much you can do. And there's only so much you want to do. I mean, there's, right. there's this thing called balance, you know, you got to have a life. There's no point in making all this money if you don't take the time to actually enjoy it a little bit. Right. So, and, th- and that yeah. was one of the pieces that I loved about when, uh, when we were coaching together, you were always talking about this work-life balance thing and how, you know, we, we, you do a lot, you've got a lot going on and you have, uh, you have your kid and uh, you moved to San Diego. You said you wouldn't even live in San Diego if it wasn't for your, for your kid. I wouldn't. Well, I have two kids here. Um, sure. I love, I love San Diego. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's kind of like its own little microcosm outside of California but yeah, I mean, if I wasn't, if my kids weren't here, I'd be out of California. I'd probably be in Florida or something like that, where I could save myself <laughs> at least 10, 11, 12% on my income, but wow. whatever, you know, it just means I got to do more deals. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's always been your solution. Anytime we talked, anytime I had an issue, like just do more deals, just, just do more deals. You're going to be just fine. Do more deals. Do deals. Yeah. Yeah. I need more money. Well, do, do more deals. It's, it's not hard math. <laughs> the, the math is pretty simple. So Jason, you weren't always like this going, Mm-mm. going back. How did you, how did you get into real estate? How long have you been in real estate? how did you get into real estate? I started real estate July of 2003. And the way I know that to the exact, like July 1st, the way I know that is because what got me into it is I got laid off from my job. Okay. Um, I always tell people, and I won't get too much into it, but I mean, I, I tell people the stories. Like, from the time that I was like a kid, it was pounded into my head: go to college, get a degree, get all these little letters next to your name, right? Get educated, get a job, work forty years, and hope and pray that you have enough in retirement when it's time to retire, right? Well guess what? That doesn't work. Doesn't work. Okay. And I won't even, and I won't even go down the tangent of what I think about college these days. Okay. Needless to say, I don't have a lot of respect for it, but um, you know, but I did that because it didn't even occur to me that there was another way. Right. So I did that, spent eight years in college, got a master's degree, spent a hundred thousand dollars all in student loan debt because I didn't have a hundred thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? And my family didn't have a hundred thousand dollars. So I get out of college, get my shiny new career going. um, And a year later, despite the fact that they promised me, right. They promised me there was enough money in the budget for five years for my job. And they were already working on the next five years. I get laid off in the first year because budget got changed, California cut the education budget, blah, blah, blah. I was, a high school, I was a high school counselor. And so the education budget got cut, which is usually the first thing that does get cut when things like that happen. I was the low man on the totem pole, had nothing to do with performance, had nothing to do with whether or not people liked me. It was just, I was the rookie, right? Yep. So gone. And um, that, you know what? I'll tell you what. So June 30th was my last, June 30th, 2003 was my last day working for somebody else. And, um, you know, and I'll tell you it at the time, it really ticked me off. So I was like, this is B 
BS, man. You know, I have a master's degree that should have been my ticket to success, you know, <laughs> the yeah. whole thing. Yep. Um, and so long story short, I decided to go into business for myself, but I was not raised as an entrepreneur. So I had no idea what that meant. At the time I was living in Sacramento, California, and I saw people making money hand over fist in real estate, right? I mean, I was watching buddies of mine making just crazy money. At least so I thought at the time. It was crazy money at the time. Yeah. And um, so I started going to investor club meetings, things like that. And uh, one thing led to another. I ended up at a free seminar, you know, in downtown, <laughs> <laughs> right? We've all nope. been there. We've all been there. <laughs> I went free seminar, two hours. I bought the, uh, I, I invested in the next package, which was five grand at the time. Included two tickets to a free event in Vegas, um, which I was like, well, heck, I'll go to Vegas. Um, spent three days. Uh, the, the speaker, the trainer presented a $34,000 advanced training package. I was like, my God, I was making 30 grand a year as a high school counselor you know I was like this is more than what I make per year yep. um, but I did it something inside me said you know what you can either go back to what you were doing yep. or to steal a phrase from one of both of our mentors you can do something different right yep. <laughs> and uh, and I was like you know what what I've been doing got me here it's not working right so as scary as this is I'm gonna go for it you know, because I already know where this leads. I know where this is going to go. And I don't want to go there. It doesn't work. I already figured that out. It doesn't work. So I went this way. That's what got me into it. Um, about three months later, pulled my first deal, made 32 grand. And I was off to the races. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in one deal, you made more than you were making in a year. So you were making 30 and then you made 30 basically in a deal. And it, it definitely changes your mindset. And you, you did it as a, a flip or was it wholesale or was this as an agent? This was a fix and flip. Yeah. And, and uh, in all places, Detroit. No. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do flips in Detroit. Really? I did it. Nope. I did it, you know. Um, but yeah. And, and the funny thing is when I say I, make I made 30 grand a year as a high school counselor, that was before taxes. Remember, right. as a W-2... You know, I mean, when it was all said and done, I think I was making like two grand a month or something like that. Yeah. Whereas making 32 grand on this deal, I was able to keep much more of it because it's a business. So there were tax benefits and I was able to keep more of it and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So yeah, that, that's what really locked it in for me. I was like, wow, in three months I just made on one deal more than what I was making working 60 hour weeks as a high school counselor. Yeah, That's I think crazy. I like this. I think I like this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good story. I mean, it's, it's definitely uh, a life-changing experience, but then seeing the results, it's like, okay, yeah, I should get better at this. Now, it's been 17 years since that first experience, that first, uh, yeah. oh my God, I lost my job. I got a master's degree, lost my job, and now I'm sitting with no ability hitting uh, a training event, getting smacked with mindset, because that's really all they hit you with. And then mm -hmm. jumping in and starting to do real estate, doing your first deal, making more in, how long did that flip take you? Was it six months, eight months? It took me about, about three and a half, four months. No way. Yeah. It was a, it was a cosmetic fixer. It was just the guy was motivated, man. He, uh, he needed wow. the money. 
So it was really just like paint, carpet, some minor stuff and out the door. And it was in a really good neighborhood in Detroit that people, it, it was a neighborhood where all the firefighters and police officers live. Yep. So it was easy to sell it. Easy, you know? So yeah, wow. it was about just under four months. So in just under four months, you made more than you used to make in a year. Yes. That, that'll change a person's mind about life. <laughs> it did. I was like, I'm not, yep. I'm done with the job thing. That's yeah. it. You know, forget it. And so, so you were living in Sacramento, investing in Detroit. How long did you do that before you finally moved to Detroit to speed things up? Oh, it was about a year. And the only reason why I moved to Detroit, I mean, I, it was not on my radar at all. It right. was not, it never creeped into my head. Oh, let me go from Sacramento to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it was never on my radar. The reason why I did it is because um, uh, so, uh, one of the, long story short, one of the trainers of one of the boot camps that I took as part of the trainings, because yeah. the training I signed up for was a series of boot camps. Right. Like there's a boot camp on foreclosures. There's a boot camp on wholesaling, a boot camp on, you know, different strategies. Yeah. Well, the guy that did the foreclosure boot camp, uh, it was in Detroit and, uh, he, I got to, I got to know him really well. And he's like, man, I want to start this property management company. I want to start this big business project. Uh, he was well connected with the city and, uh, he's like, I need help. So if you, can come out and live out in Detroit for a few years, three, four years, there's a much bigger opportunity. And I was like, this is before kids. This was, I mean, I was married at the time, but she was, she was on board. She was an entrepreneur, you know, I was like, why not? You know, why not? Let's yeah. go for it. I mean, there's no kids. There's no real responsibility. If it doesn't work, we just come back. Who cares? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, it. I mean, too many times, I'll tell you right now, Gwalter, too many times I see this. I mean, I'm a mentor. I'm a trainer. I do that too. And too many times people hold themselves back because of fear, because of, you know, you talk about mindset. Yeah. It's like, man, you know, if you have the ability, go for it. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? If it doesn't work out, you just go back. I mean, you know, you know what do you want to do? Do you want to make a difference or do you want to sit where you are? Right. right. So I, we decided to go for it. And we did. We, we moved across the country. We packed up the U-Haul, drove from California to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> you went the and, wrong way. <laughs> yeah. People were like, oh, well, you should, you should have heard family and friends are like, you're doing what? <laughs> like, yeah, we're moving to Detroit. Why? Right. <laughs> They're like, why are you out of your mind? I'm, you know, so, you know, whatever you, you have to, you have to kind of block those that out. That's the other thing. You got to block that garbage out. Yeah. You know, the negativity, the, the, Oh, you can't do this. Are you crazy? Blah, blah, blah. All that. I've heard it all. I still hear it. Yep. I still hear it. 17 years later, around the holidays, I hear the same garbage from my family. You know, when are you going to quit screwing around? When are you going to get back and use your degree? When are you going to da, 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 da? And of course, you have some of them who think that it's a crime that I'm making all this money, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, despite the fact they don't know how much of that I give away. They don't know how, you know, what, what I do with it. They don't know all yeah. the different things that I'm doing with the money. All they know is that they think I'm like this big, you know, like I'm, I'm freaking Mr. Moneybags and I'm this, you know, and some of yeah. them have that 
that negative mindset about money that somehow if you have a lot of money, you're a criminal or you're, you're some, you know, whatever. Um, so I mean, anyway, so yeah, so we went and we spent, we spent four years there and built this business and uh, did property management, did some other things. And yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. Really good. You learned a lot. You're working with a mentor who'd obviously been successful themselves but you, so this is, I assume this is a property management business that you ended up eventually selling and getting some of the profits from that. Yeah. So we, we started this property management company literally from our dining room table, two cell phones and a post office box. I mean, that's literally how it started. Yeah. And uh, four years later, we had a portfolio of about 500 doors. Wow. Um, and that's in addition to our own. Right. And um, Grubb and Ellis came along. And said, yeah, we want to buy you guys out. Wow. And they made an offer. They made a good offer. We were like, okay. We took it and ran. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What, what made a property management company want to acquire you? What was it and how was that business even evaluated? How do they evaluate a 500-unit property management company? Well, it just comes to, it always comes down to the numbers. It always comes down to the NOI. What, what's the profit? You know, what's, what's the net operating income? I mean, it's a little bit different because it's not an apartment building per se, but it's the same idea. Let's, let's look at your profit and loss. Yep. You know, how much money are you making? Let's take a look at your system. I mean, they had their own system, so they pretty, I'm, I'm assuming they took over the portfolio and just kind of applied their system to it. Right. But they were looking at everything we were doing. They were looking at our territory. They were looking at, you know, what's our you know, how much, what's our collection ratio? Like they were looking at all the different numbers and um, they liked what they saw, you know, which was fine with me. Cause by that point I was, I was over it. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've run a property manager company, uh, much smaller. Uh, we had, I think 47 units under management for other people. And then we had our own 50 units and, uh, our own 40 units at the time. And it was just, we really liked managing our stuff and we hated managing other people's stuff. And it was a, a quick awareness. In, in six months, we got to that point. We said, dude, I'm out. Like, I'm not doing this. And we just passed it along to somebody else's referrals. Looking back, if I'd stayed in it two years, selling it probably would have been a good play. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I learned that from you after I met you after that private management company and, or sure. I, maybe, maybe during the middle of it, but as I was getting rid of it. And that was, that was a major lesson I learned from you was, you know, there are businesses, yeah, you can make a lot of money on those. And what'd you, what'd you end up selling that for? What was the, the total gross uh, sale price of that property of that building? Uh, is- just over, just over a million. Mm-hmm. Just over a million. Just over a million. So yeah. something you hated or something you were burnt out from, you, you didn't like anymore. You were getting done with it. You still made a profit from something that you'd built that was servicing the community. Correct. And I'll tell you what it was, and timing was perfect because I was already starting to get burned out. My, my wife at the time, her job was like the admin, like she ran the office, she did all that kind of stuff. We had another partner who did like, you know, he did his part of things. My job was to be out in the neighborhood six, seven days a week, collecting rent, dealing with naughty tenants. You know, I was in the trenches day after day, which I actually like that. I like mixing it up with people. Like I like that part of it. Although it was interesting doing that in Detroit. 
Um, you had to, I, I had to learn real quick how to carry myself a certain way in those neighborhoods. But I mean, it's not that hard. You figure it out quick. Uh, what, what was, what kind of got us to the point where we were ready to sell. And then it just timing just happened, you know, cause we were already thinking about getting rid of it. Yeah. And then the timing happened. It was like, man, 60, 70 hours a week. And, um, and really what it was is we made the mistake of having employees. Yeah. Um, I turned into a glorified babysitter is what I ended up doing instead of being able to build. And that's my, where I could have done better. You know, people yep. ask, well, what could you have done better? I could have learned how to have managed that better, you know, manage the employees. Um, but what did it was too, is you mentioned hating managing for other people. Oh my gosh. Managing for other landlords was, I mean, it was just as bad as it was dealing with tenants. You know, We're the worst, I mean, it, was aren't we? <laughs> it, was, it was, it was horrible. And what did it was, I remember, I, I remember like the capper for me, oh, it was very distinct. Yeah. It was Sunday. It was like a Sunday morning. I'm sitting there reading the paper. This was before, you know, internet newspapers. I was actually reading a paper <laughs> and having a cup of coffee at my dining room table. And I get a knock on my door, you know, it was like Sunday morning. Yeah. I get a knock on my door. I'm like, I'm not expecting anyone. And I look out, I look out the window and I see two cop cars and I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Right. So yeah. I opened the door. Well, what it was is in Michigan, if somebody complains about lead based paint in one of their units, the cops have to serve you. Um, what do you call it? The summons or something like that. They have to yeah. serve like this thing saying you have six months to remedy this or you're going to get a misdemeanor. Oh, no and way. you're going to get fined. You're going to go to jail, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. it wasn't even any, it wasn't even one of my units. It's just that <laughs> for some reason they, they looked up who owns this and my company came up. Right. My, my management company came up. Right. So they, they basically, and it's funny because I had told the landlord like three or four times, Hey man, they're complaining about flaking paint. We need to get this taken care of. No, no, no. I don't want to take care of it. And that's another mistake I should have made. I should have been like, look, man, take care of this or we're done. Yep. We're done. And that's a mistake that I made. But anyway, so I didn't do it. So all of a sudden I get the cops showing up, giving me a summons. Wow. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. done. That's <laughs> it. I'm done. No yep. more. No more. So, so anyway. So now – you and this is this is the, the thoughts that are coming to me as I'm listening to you, and this is probably what other people are thinking too. You don't like management, but you got a thousand units. How the hell are you managing a thousand units? You live in San Diego, and most of your units are not even there. So you're talking about none of them are earlier. here, right? None yeah, of them none are of there. Them. Yeah, none of them are here. How, it's, how it's all, I hire property management. I hire people that want to do it. You know, I mean, there are people out there who love property management. God help them. Okay. You know, I should say God bless them, actually, not God help them. God bless them. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I, you know, it's part of the team. And I'll tell you this, Walter, people ask me all the time, how do you do this stuff? People are blown away by the fact that I buy and sell, I buy and rent, I, I wholesale. In fact, I just wholesaled a property. I'm wholesaling a property that's closing next week in Indianapolis. Single family house. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm going to make a quick eight grand. Um, you don't like, well, how... You'll take eight grand. No big deal. 
I don't care. Eight grand, 10 grand, 50 grand. I just did um, that. I'm doing that 10 unit. I'm wholesaling that one. I'm going to make 40 grand on the wholesale fee. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, who cares? Money's money. Um, people are like, well, how do you, you know, do you go out there? Do you look at them? I've never been to Youngstown, Ohio. That's where the 10 unit is. <laughs> I've never been to Youngstown, Ohio. I have no intention, nor do I have any plans to go to Youngstown, Ohio. People are like, well, how do you do it? Power team. It's the team. It's the team. Okay. It, it really, that is, I'm going to tell you right now, that is what's going to make or break you in this business. And I don't care if you do it, if you're doing stuff 2000 miles away or if you're doing stuff down the street, okay. From your house, you cannot do everything yourself. And it, I mean, you, I guess you could, but you're very limited as to what you can do. I don't care who you are. Okay. So that's the key is your team. So when you say team, who are you talking about? Like what, what makes up a team? Is it, is it one group of people that make up all the teams or, or because you're doing this in multiple States all across the country. Right. So in every market, I build a team. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in that team, I mean, you, you're going to expand it as you build this business. Right. But yeah. the core, the core of your team is going to be your broker, your real estate broker, realtor, wholesalers, you know, I call them my acquisitions team. They help yep. me find the deals. Okay. Yep. Um, inspector, home inspector. Okay. You should always get an inspection on everything you ever buy ever. Okay. Con obviously contractors. And that's a big one right there. Uh, contractors. Uh, if you're going to do rentals, property management. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have no business managing properties yourself. Even if, even if, again, even if you're doing stuff in your backyard, do you want to do one deal at a time or do you want to do several? Do you want to build this to scale or do you want to just do kind of poke along one at a time? Right. right. So, um, and then of course your money, people, hard money, private money, you know, that kind of thing. That's now, the core team. Hard and private money, are you getting that locally or using national lenders? I do both. I mean, I'm a lender as well. I, I do lending as well. Um, as well as wholesaling, fix and flips, uh, you know, deals myself. Um, you can go either way. I mean, you know, it, it just kind of depends on the deal. Um, like, for example, I have one right now, the appraisal for that, whole, that property I'm wholesaling in Indianapolis, single family house. I'm also doing the hard money loan on it. So the appraisal, so the appraisal's on, the appraisal's on Tuesday. If I don't like the appraisal, then I'll, I'll, I have a local contact that I'll, I'll call and say, Hey man, I need to get this thing done. Right. You know, so, but you know, so far it looks pretty good. So I'm pretty confident, but yeah, it just kind of depends on the deal. Yeah, you, you've got a, def, uh, a very unique way of investing. I think it's streamlined and systemized. And then you find extra ways to capitalize on every deal. You're doing a little extra to get that, that extra juice. You, you lend with whatever makes sense at the time. And I'm just wondering, how, how do you vet a contractor from across the country? How are you finding the right property manager? How do you find the right contractor? And, and then what do you look for in a real estate agent? Because 
to me, I, I could look at, I guess all realtors are created equal. Um, none of them know the numbers, so whatever, right? Well, it, it's all referral based. Yeah. It's all referral based. And where I start, where I start my search, if I'm opening up a brand new market, right? Yep. Um, where I start my search is the local investor clubs. Okay. Um, you're always going to find realtors advertising at investor clubs. You're always going to find contractors. You're always going to find key cogs of that team advertising or their members of that investor club. Now, does that guarantee they're any good? No, you still have to vet them. Right. But that's the first start. Right. So I either do investor clubs or one thing that I've been using more and more of that's been working. Okay. Is a uh, meetup. Yep. A lot of, a lot of investor clubs are using meetup to, yep. you know, basically put themselves out there. So I'm using that as well. Nice. Um, and then I just have my series of questions, you know, like for example, the, the main thing with the realtor, for example, um, is are they an investor themselves? I look for realtors who are also investors and people are like, well, wait a minute, if they're an investor, aren't they competition? No, <laughs> no, no. I get that question all the time. No, they're not. Do you know how many deals there are out there? No one person can be doing all these deals. The reason why I want to, like, for example, that I want a realtor who's an investor is because there's, when you look at real estate, you have retail real estate, you have investment real estate. Okay. Most realtors live under the retail umbrella. Okay. They know how, well, and a lot of them don't even know how to do this, but <laughs> yeah, in theory, in theory, they know how to find you the pretty house to live in, you know, raise your kids with your dog and blah, blah, blah. Right. That's yep. not what I'm looking for. Right. I'm looking for the house that's going to make me money. Okay. And there's a big difference, big difference. Okay. Yep. So I'm looking for the realtor who's an investor, like the, my, my main contact um, on the, on the broker realtor side in Indianapolis, he's a big time investor commercial and residential. Nice. So he and I can get on the phone with each other and he know well, he knows exactly what I'm looking for. Like he won't even bring me a deal. He won't even bring me a deal in, unless he knows it meets a certain criteria as yep. far as like money, percentage, that kind of thing. He won't even bother. So I still do my research. I still do my diligence. I still verify because it's my responsibility as an investor. However, I already know that he's not bringing me something that's going to waste my time. Right. You know what I mean? So that's an example. The other thing I look for is someone who's full-time. Yep. Okay. A lot of realtors are part-time. They have their full-time job. They moonlight as a realtor, which is fine. That's cool. But for, for me, I, I need someone who's like established. Yep. I need someone who's doing this. This is their livelihood. Like I'm looking at your whiteboard behind you, Walter. <laughs> I noticed that it was one of the first things I noticed when we, uh, when we fired this thing up. I mean, you know, I'm looking for someone, this is their livelihood. Okay. Yeah. So that's just an example. And then as far as contractors, one of the things I've learned is that a real, it starts with the realtor broker, whatever, because if they work with investors, if they're an investor themselves, then they've already got a list of vetted contractors that I can talk to. 
okay? And if they're smart, and now it's not always perfect, you still have to do your vetting, you still have to ask your questions, right? Yep. But if they're smart, these people are already vetted. Yep. Because uh, I've, I've played realtor before as well. I, I was a realtor in Vegas for a while and I worked with investors, okay? And it would not behoove me, I learned this really fast, it would not behoove me to refer a contractor to you that's gonna, that's gonna mess you up. Because right. then you're gonna come back at, on me like, dude, that contractor sucked. What are you doing, man? Like what's, you know, I mean, it, it makes me look bad. Yeah. So a, a, a someone who, and then again, that goes back to a realtor who is an investor. They get it. They get the mindset. So just that as an example. Yeah, I love that. That's, um, that's definitely one of the, the major issues. Even Ron and I in our business, as we're expanding, we're always looking at, man, like, can we handle the labor? Like, can our property management companies, we, we now have two property managers in the same city because we're concerned, we're always diversifying the labor pool saying, man, I don't know if we could take on another project right now. Not because of the money or the deal. Like we have them sitting there. We're just like, dude, like, can, can our team handle another project? But you're doing right. them all over the country. How, how many products are you running at a time? At any given time, what is the most you've ever run? The most I've ever run was 12 projects. Yeah, we've never and, done that many. That's, and, I uh, will, and, and I will not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do that. You know what? Live and learn, man. I mean, yeah. part of this business is live and learn. Is I mean, there are guys that can do it. Yeah. There are guys that can do it. And we did it. My yep. partner and I, we did it. Man, it was stressful. So right now, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy doing five to seven at a time. I, I'm 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 good with that. You know, I, I could do more. Yeah. In theory, but it's like, okay, I'm making enough money doing this. You know, yep. I still, and it still gives me time to spend with my kids, yeah. which is what this is all about, dude, whether it's whatever it is. I mean, whether it's your kids, whether it's your, your whatever it is you like to do, yeah. balance, balance, you know, find time for yourself, whatever it is you want to do, you know, so five to seven gives me time to mess with my kids, have fun doing that. We do our martial arts together and, and go to the beach and do all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. even with this Corona nonsense going on. <laughs> yeah. Jason, so one thing that struck me when you were coaching me is that your kids were so important to you. You spent a lot of time with them and you were doing a ton of deals and I just couldn't, I couldn't get over it, right? Like I couldn't go over the fact that it's just like Paul, right? That one of the reasons I was drawn to, to have him as a mentor as well was like all of these kids, like family's so important, but massive amounts of money are flowing through. And it seems like you are everywhere doing a ton of things. How, how many hours a day would you say you put into this? Well, it depends on the day. Um, if I had to kind of spread it out over time, I would say I'd probably spend about, <clears throat> on average, probably, I don't know, 25 hours a week doing this kind of stuff. Now there are some now, and I say that because like when the kids are with their mother, I slam it. Like I just go because I don't have any distractions. You know, kids are with their mother for the next three days. I've got, or three and a half days. I've got three and a half days to just go, right? No distractions, no nothing. Go, go, go. So obviously I'm putting in more than five hour days, 
right? But then when I have the kids, then that gets scaled down. Then right. I'm only putting in maybe a few hours in the morning before they wake up, a few hours at night when they go to bed. You know, maybe here and there I'll take some calls or I'll do, you know, do a couple things during the day that are like, hey, we got to get this done right now. I have to take this call right now yeah. or whatever. But for the most part, or like we'll be at the beach or we'll be somewhere and we're just kicking it. The kids are playing in the water and I'm kicking it and I can take some calls while the kids are playing, you know, or whatever. Right. So it just kind of depends. And then there are times when like right now, this 10 unit in Youngstown, I, I don't mind telling you this thing has been, <laughs> you know how it goes, man. You get, to, oh, yeah. you, get to, you get to the ninth inning, man. Like we're supposed to close this thing on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, the title came back dirty. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, this came back. This came back. Oh, I had the money lined up. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to have the money till after closing. No, no, that doesn't work. We got to, I mean, you know how that goes. I mean, you're oh, yeah. at, we're, we're in the ninth inning. So yep. right now I'm putting in a lot of hours towards that. You know right. what I mean? Um, but then, you know, then we'll close it, make the money, and then things will kind of slow down again. Right. But I would say if I had to put an average to it, I don't know, maybe 25 hours a week, maybe yeah. 30 sometimes, you know, around there somewhere. That, that know? sounds about right, right? It sounds about right. Like, because you've got, you've built all the systems and now you're just spitting the plates. You're just making sure the plates are being spun, just keeping an eye on it. And the systems are out there operating for you. Uh, in the beginning, it wasn't like that, right? In the beginning, it was just one of those plates. Keeping one plate spinning was a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it was. That first deal was so stressful because I, I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing, even though I was following the system, you know, and that's what it comes down to. That That's the key word right there, Walter, system. Yeah. System, system, system. Don't reinvent the wheel, okay? You're not that smart. I don't care who you are. Right. <laughs> I had to learn this. I had to learn this. I'm not as smart as I think I am, right? Yep. Just follow the system. But yeah, for the first couple deals, you, you're going to kind of herky-jerky your way through it. You know what I mean? You're going to kind of fumble, bumble, stumble through it. And you're going to feel like, oh, kind of unsure, whatever. Follow the system. Yep. Don't stray from it. And then you'll close a couple deals. You'll get more confident. Things will start to happen. Yep. And then you'll just start kind of rocking and rolling, you know. But for the first couple, just be ready. And again, that's why... That's why the team is so important. It really is. So, yeah, Jason, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal information so far, man. I'm gonna have to have you back on again. But before I let anybody go, I always ask, well, for two things. One, what are you working on right now? What is a way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, I know you're a coach, you're a mentor. Are you mm -hmm. selling coaching? Are you offering it to anybody? And if so, what is the easiest way for people to get in touch with you? Um, you know what? I, I'm, I'm primarily on the real estate side. I'm doing a lot of fix and flips. I'm doing a lot of wholesaling. I got a lot of deals going on of anywhere from single family flips to um, multifamily apartment buildings. Um, and what I offer to people is, you know, working with me. Obviously, I'm going to wholesale you a deal if you want it. And um, I can offer financing as well. And um, I'll also introduce you to my team. I'll connect you to my team, okay? Which is a huge thing because most wholesalers, I'm gonna tell you right now, they do not give away their secret sauce. 
They yeah. do not do that. Okay. Um, what they basically do is they'll say, okay, here's the deal. Good luck. See you later. Bye. They're on to the next. I, I stick around as kind of a pseudo coach. Um, I'm not offering official coaching per se, but if you do a deal with me, I'm there with you. Okay. I'm, I'm connecting you to my team. I'm there with you, walking you through it. Um, and the reason why is because I'm about relationships. I don't want to just do one deal right. with you. I want to do 10 deals with you. I want you to refer your friends to me. And by the way, if you refer friends to me, I hook you up with a little bit of a, you know, I, I hook you up with that too. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I learned a long time ago, dude, if everyone's making money, yep. everyone's smiling, everyone's happy. Guess what? We all make a lot of money together. That's right. And I'm okay with giving up pieces of the pie for the long term. That's how I've been doing this for 17 years. Most people, Walter, and you've seen this, most people, they, they, they hoard every penny they can off of one deal. And sure, you might make more money off that one deal. And then you're done. Yep. I'd rather, again, I'd rather do 10 deals with you, you know? Yep. That's how I've been able to do this for 17 years. And I learned this early on from some of my mentors, some of my coaches who are like, dude, give up pieces of the pie. Don't take all the pie. There's plenty of pie for everybody, you know? So, you know, that's because that's so basically uh, a couple ways. If you want to get a hold of me, um, I do have a Facebook page. Flip out with JK uh, is one of my <laughs> is one of my Facebook pages. Um and I can give my number too. I don't care. Um, it's 619-550-7011. That is my direct number. 619-550-7011. Feel free to call, text, anytime. Nice. Wow, Jason, I am so terrified to give my phone number out like that. Uh, <laughs> I love that you do it. How do you feel all those calls? How do, you, how do you feel those calls and how do you get through it all? You know what? I, my policy, what I always tell everyone is give me one business day. You know, give me one business day. If I miss your call, I will, I will return your call or text or whatever within one business day. You know, because again, let's do business. Let's all make some money. You know, that's what this is all about. And I'll tell you right now, don't watch the media, the news, whatever the crap that's on there right now. I'm telling you right now, as someone who's in the trenches, and I know you're in the trenches too, Walter, yep. the market has not slowed down at all. Not even close. It's not even close. It is smoking hot. It's yep. jump in while, I mean, get in. Don't sit on the fence. I, I hear people right now going, oh, I don't know, the election. And I hate when people do that stupid crap. It's like, no, oh, I'm going to wait for the election. I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to wait for that. Oh my gosh, Corona, this, that, and the other. I'm not saying none of that's true. I'm not saying that. But if you have that mindset, you'll never do anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm telling you right now, the market is hot. I have not seen it slow down at all. I've asked my teams. I, I'm constantly talking to my teams in different markets. Hey, what are you seeing? It's one of the reasons why I have teams in every market. Part of their job is they're my eyes and ears in that market. Like, I don't know Fall River as well as you do. Right. Right. I don't know Fall River. I have a buddy whose family lives there. We've talked about that. Um, <laughs> and so I've been to Fall River, but yep. I don't know Fall River. So if I wanted to invest in Fall River, what would I do? I'd call you up. 
I got you, bro. <laughs> I would call you up, say, hey, man, what's going on? What's the market looking like? Where are the opportunities? Where are the hot neighborhoods? Where yeah. should I be looking? What type of inventory should I be looking at? That yeah. kind of thing, right? So I've been talking to my guys in all the different markets and every single one of them to the man, they're like, dude, we have not seen any slowdown at all. None. So get in. I I agree. And I don't know your opinion on this, but I'm sure you're, you're probably in the same mindset is that we're looking at a lot of deflation right now. And probably 12 months from now, we're going to see some massive inflation, which means prices are just going to go up even higher on real estate and on gold. Uh, what do you think about that? I agree. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, and I, at the same time, what I'll tell you is this, this is another reason why I don't invest in markets like California, Arizona, Nevada, Florida, because they do this. Mm -hmm. They're very hot. They're very volatile markets, right? They, they, they ebb and flow with the economy, right? Whereas the Midwest, see, I, I don't worry about that too much because the Midwest is kind of plugs along like this. Okay. <laughs> Nobody it's wants not, to be there. Nobody still wants to be there, but they still stay there. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that Indianapolis, uh, as an example, one of my main markets is Indianapolis has yeah. been for 15 years. Okay. Right. And one of the reasons why is because first of all, it is popular people there. I mean, it's one of the bigger cities in the U S people don't know that, but it's like in the top 10 largest cities in the U S yeah. it's also got one of the best cost of living indexes in the U S amongst big cities. Right. I mean, and then I can go on and on It's sports culture, you know, I mean, I can go on as far as like why development. I mean, downtown's been completely revitalized. I mean, there's all kinds of things, reasons. Yeah. During the downturn of 2008, as a market, Indianapolis only dropped 4%. Wow. Vegas Whereas dropped 70%. <laughs> Vegas dropped 70%. California dropped 50 to 70%. Yeah. Indianapolis dropped 4 Now, it's not sexy. You're not going to get a 20% appreciation per year in Indianapolis. It's not going to happen. You might get 2 to 5%. At the same time, you're not going to get the drop. But I will tell you overall, you're right, Walter. I mean, the, the prices are only going to go up. Yeah. Interest rates are not going to stay where they are forever. I mean, come on. It, there's just no way it's going to happen. So, I mean, it's like, when are you going to get, when are you going to jump in? Yep. You know, when are you going to jump in? You right. know? Get off the fence, make some money. And by the way, here's the other thing. With the right system, I'll leave you with this. With the right system, this is what I teach my, my students, my coaching students. With the right system, it doesn't matter what the market's doing. Right. Up, down, sideways, diagonal, upside down, right side up, whatever. There's always an opportunity to make money. And when you have the knowledge, part of that knowledge is taking a look at the market and going, okay, where's the opportunity right now? Yeah. And then jumping in and making money. There's always opportunity. It's such powerful advice. Jason, I know you and I both have to jump out of here. You've got a very busy day ahead of you. Yes, sir. Uh, kids, with the kids and doing your, your piece. What are the three pieces of advice? If you go back to 20-year-old Jason Kennedy or <clears throat> your kids that you're going to give to them when they're at that, that ripe age, what three pieces of advice would you give yourself to make it to the level that you're at? so that you can have a better, easier life? Number one is knowledge. Educate yourself. And when I say educate yourself, I don't mean read a few books and then you think you know everything, okay? 
I made that mistake and I lost money on my first deal. Okay, I won't get into it, but that's what happened. I lost 20 grand on my first ever real estate deal because I listened to a few CDs, I read a few books, and I thought I knew everything. Yeah. Get a men when I so when I say knowledge, get a coach, get a mentor who's who's currently currently doing the business. Yep. Okay. That's number one. Number two, knowledge without action is nothing. Okay. I've met some super smart people who know more about real estate than I do. And guess who's making more money? I am. Why? Because knowledge without action means nothing. Okay. Number three, at the very least, and this is what I'm teaching my kids already. At the very least, if it, you know, if you want to keep your job, totally cool. Totally cool. If you love what you do, great. At least have something going on on the side. Okay have a second or third stream of income going on because in, in, in any economy, you cannot rely. I learned this, I learned this, the, I learned this the hard way, although thank God it happened. Um, you cannot rely on a single source of income, right. have something going on, you know, don't, don't be, you know, hoping and praying that you're going to be okay. is not a strategy. Right. <laughs> it's not a strategy. <laughs> It's not a strategy. So. I love that. I love it. that is some of the best advice um, that I've received on this uh, podcast. And it comes from you, Jason. You've, you've coached me for months. Uh, I think you coached me for over a year and uh, just mm -hmm. changed the way my business operate. I owe so much to you and I'm glad to keep uh, the friendship and looking forward to doing some deals with you as well. Uh, that said, Jason Kennedy, thank you so much for being on here. You are an alchemist. I'll see you in the next one, brother. Cheers to your success. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too. Later, Jay.